Welcome to episode 108 of Shanlin' on Batman. Tonight, we are our first guest of 2018. We're really excited to have Daniel Alter back on the show. He was a great, great, uh, great guest last time, and we got to start the year off right. Kyle, say hi to everyone. Hi, everyone. <laughs> so, Dan, let's start it. Let's start this off the show. The show off right. Okay, so Wonder Woman was not nominated for an Academy Award in any category. Logan was nominated for Best Screenplay. Why do you think that... I, I, I've said it that since you know both movies come out, they're both of equal measure in, in terms of, qual- of quality filmmaking. W- one is much different than the other. One takes a very uh, different filmmaking approach, i.e. Logan, and Wonder Woman's more the atypical kind of superhero origin film that kind of felt like... Uh, Superman the movie, but why do you think that we're in a in 2018 we still haven't had a superhero film like Logan, like The Dark Knight, like Wonder Woman be nominated for Best Picture? Wow, that's loaded. Uh, hi guys. Um, <laughs> look, uh, let me let, let's let's stop the clocks and back this up. What does the the Joker say in Dark Knight um, a year ago? Um, you know, I feel like a year ago when Logan came out, we all saw something that was a really astonishing accomplishment in that it was one of the best films ever made based on material previously created in the medium of comic books. Mm-hmm. It was a really uh, brilliant and heartbreaking uh, movie about Logan, Wolverine. It's not a superhero movie. It, it's something right. else. Uh, I think the best superhero movie ever made, in my you know humble opinion, is probably The Dark Knight. The best superhero movie ever made. And maybe the best film ever made based on a character creator comics is Logan. And to me, Wonder Woman is a great movie. It's a great superhero origin story movie. It's right up there with Dick Donner's Superman. Uh, I don't personally think that it is as brilliant a film as Nolan's Dark Knight or Mangold's Logan. And I understand it. uh, There's another point of view about another issue as to why the film could have been nominated or should have been nominated. And I'm very sympathetic to that issue. And that would have been I would have been more than happy for it to have been nominated for that. But if you were to look at it just in the merit of filmmaking and the merit of accomplishment within the meaning of cinema, what was being done, what James Mangold did and what that script did with regard to character development and regard to filmmaking, that was really one of just the best pieces of content released in that year in terms of filmmaking, in terms of craftsmanship, in terms of character development. Was Wonder Woman that? No, in my opinion. Uh, Was it one of the best superhero movies ever said by me the biggest superhero 
fan ever? Absolutely. But we're talking about two different things, and that's something that Nolan was able to cross over with his films. And the only other superhero films that have ever, I don't know. I mean, I mean that's it. To me, Nolan's films, especially The Dark Knight and, and Logan. I, I, I'm a, I have a lot of issues with the Academy Awards. I have a lot of issues, but not nominating Wonder Woman. Um, they would have had to nominate Logan, honestly. Uh, or I would have been upset if I had seen Wonder Woman been nominated for Best Picture and not Logan. It is the better made film. I, I have to say that. I, I would agree. Like I, it just there's there. I, I mean, not to interrupt you, but there's a sequence in in Wonder Woman with the Ares character, which is probably not even directed by the director of one. It's not a completely owned whole film the way James Mangold owns the entire film that is Logan. This entire sort of cinematic masterpiece actually is what it is. Uh, this is more of a product, Wonder Woman. It's one of the best, most finely tuned products I've seen in a long time, and it deserves a lot of accolades for that. And the most important of which is that it was a more successful film than Logan, and it deserves to be a more successful film than Logan. And it absolutely deserves that, and it is. I, I, I submit on, on Twitter a few weeks back that Wonder Woman was the movie of 2017. If you were to if you were to take a still from any movie, other than for Logan, audiences for, yes, for audiences, audiences, absolutely, yeah, it yeah. would be Wonder Woman. It was you definitely not even, the Last Jedi. No, it was not. Unfortunately, <laughs> as much as much as I, I'm sure people like, well, get at me on that one. The Last Jedi is too divisive to be considered. No, a, yeah, exactly. It's not exactly. It, it, that's exactly your, your point. Is exactly that, and and, and the same. Thing. Logan, which in my opinion deserves to be nominated in all categories, you know, such as picture and director and screenplay, um, and above, actor, an actor. Uh, in all those categories, it deserves. I'm sorry, I, I, I'll take any heat I you know get for this. It deserves it over Wonder Woman in all those categories, but and supporting actor, absolutely <laughs> supporting actor. It deserves it beyond every one of those categories. He should win. Yes. I mean, I mean, I I, I, it, I don't know who's going to win supporting actor. Uh, I think Christopher Plummer is incredible. I would love that. But uh, otherwise, Patrick Stewart, my God, one of the performances of all time. And he should have been nominated and should win. So Logan deserves all that. I'm not a big, you know, Oscar guy. I mean, I'm a blockbuster guy. I'm a, th those are my kind of movies. And, you know, in terms of what's more of a blockbuster movie, Wonder Woman. Absolutely. <laughs> but, but if we're just talking about something else, if, if, if the Academy Awards are about recognizing the craft of filmmaking, that's what I believe they're about. Uh, Logan had it there. Okay, so we got to jump to the next one, which was Boss Baby was nominated for best. <laughs> I'm, let, let, let's that as it slips out of your tongue, off right off your tongue, you just think Boss Baby Academy Award nominated film for best animated film. Hmm, let me yeah. think about that. Yeah, Over the Lego. Guys, Over Lego I Batman. haven't seen Boss Baby. Is it Boss Baby Two? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or something. I, I have. I can't comment. I haven't seen it. I, I have no comment. Uh, there, there's no comment. I have no idea. Uh, what do you guys think? I mean, seriously, what do you guys think? Well, for I haven't seen Boss Baby, but if you were to just if you were just to throw like the Rotten Tomatoes meter at both films, if we were if we were to use that as like a true aggregate of like, okay, this movie is better than this movie. 
Lego Batman just trounces it. It's what is Lego Batman like ninety in the in the mid nineties on on Rotten Tomatoes, and Boss Baby sits at like fifty. Mm-hmm. How do how does that if we're if, you know if we're I I don't know it doesn't make sense. What Chris McKay was able to do with that film is he was able to encapsulate every genre of Batman into one cohesive narrative, like something that. You know, my parents, like, from the 66 TV series they had, and something that, you know, like, there were callbacks from 89, Batman Begins. All these things were, you know, in one film. And he was able to make something that was entertaining not just for children, but for teens, adults, grandparents alike. Boss Baby, on the other hand, was not that film. Kyle, I know you have some thoughts. I think, right? You have thoughts? I mean, yeah, my I'll put my two cents in. And it just feels like to me that the Academy, for some reason, doesn't really get that you can make a really good animated movie out of a toy, out of a out of like a marketable marketable thing. You know, like I think they might look at the Lego movies and be like, oh, those are just like glorified commercials. But uh, there's so much more than that, and I definitely feel like giving the nod to Boss Baby instead of something else was kind of a crime because it. It's definitely not a critically or even an audience say well received movie in, in a way. Um, I, look, look, guys, it's it's a whole separate. I mean, in a way, it's a whole. I would say it's a separate issue, but it's also a, a, a connected issue because you just asked me beforehand about Logan versus Wonder Woman, and again, I'm like, well, I'm I'm okay with the fact that Wonder Woman wasn't nominated because Logan is the better made, you know, piece of content or or, or whatever. I would say that Lego is probably the better made piece of content because I can't comment as I never saw uh, Boss Baby. But it, it would sound to Kyle's point that there is a resistance. And I think that even though they did nominate Logan for Best Screenplay, I don't think the focus should be on Logan versus Wonder Woman. I think that's unfortunate, actually. I think the focus should be on the fact that there's a resistance and always has been by the Academy to nominate and award these kind of movies. And it's cost them dearly in terms of why their ratings are down and why they're so irrelevant. I mean, nobody really cares about the majority of the films that are nominated this year. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they're probably going to give it to the lesser of the uh, grossing films, to be honest. So, again, I, I mean, I have a lot of respect for the Academy Awards, to actually be honest. I, I actually have issues with how uh, lacking they've been in diversity in recent years. And I, that is, aside from my issues about how they have oftentimes overlooked the best films that were also audience films such as Logan, where you're really combining commerce and art, so to speak. Uh, The Lego movies are an example of that, and there perhaps is resistance because, yes, it's based on intellectual property, toys. They they just don't seem to be able to get behind that. Once in a while, they'll give a fantasy thing a nod here or there, obviously the Lord of the Rings phenomenon. I thought they should have nominated Force Awakens. To me, that was a hugely missed opportunity. Uh, they did nominate Avatar. They lost to Hurt Locker. Honestly, I think Avatar should have won. Maybe they should have split it. They should have given Bigelow director and Avatar best picture. Would have been how I would have done that back then. But um, ultimately, you know, I, I think just like with Wonder Woman, where I say it deserved to be a more successful film, I don't. I believe that uh, Lego Batman was a more successful film, so the audience has the last laugh. Yeah, and it seems like they're, they've been so out of touch, and they've tried to uh, to course correct after the crime that was cr- committed via Chris Nolan's Dark Knight. And they haven't been able to maneuver to a place where a film like Logan 
should have been nominated in a number of categories. I've said like best picture, obviously, but got for best screenplay, best well, actor, yeah. Yeah, supporting I mean, I mean, actor. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you just made such a great point, and that's exactly, and it's such a sad point too because they expanded the amount of movies and right. that you could nominate, and in that we all for a second thought, oh, maybe they'll, you know, they'll start to get their crap together and start nominating a lot more comedies and a lot more big movies. And instead it meant, oh, it, they're more of the uh, indie movies and more of the – we can focus more on these. And, you know, I'm, again, I'm going to get heat for this. I'm not a fan of independent cinema. I'm a supporter of independent cinema. I'm a fan of some independent films, but some people have a blanket. They're just into indies, and, and, and that's all they care about. And i am never be one of those people. And, um, you know, ultimately I got into movies because I love big movies, big fun movies, whether it's – a comic book movie or it's an Indiana Jones movie or it's a Star Wars movie or it's a Lord of the Rings movie or it's something like The King Hangover Kong. or Wedding Crashers but not just because King Kong is great too but, but, but beyond genre even just I love all movies and there's people think they now try and break down to you're either a big event genre movie or you're something small for years there were movies like Crocodile Dundee or movies like Beverly Hills Cop that were not just action but comedy as well and People just want to feel a part of something. It's part of the reason Jumanji has been such a huge success. And there's nothing wrong with that. There, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. And the Academy, you know, they, they start to widen the amount of movies they're willing to nominate because the ratings are going down. And, they, you know, we'll see you know, the movie that should win Best Picture, by the way, based on what you just said, is absolutely Dunkirk. We'll see what they do. We'll see what they I, do. I think that that I, – I, Dunkirk is my, like, film of 2017. I just – what he was able, it was like Mad Max meets a war film. It was, it was, it, a it would be a really tragic message to actually not give Dunkirk Best Picture because what he's been able to do is he's been able to be one of the last guys who can manipulate the success of the studio system to make the kind of movies that people used to be able to make. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you do give one of the smaller movies, what you're actually doing is we're already, like it or not, moving into an era where every single big movie is mostly a piece of branded content. So if you telegraph the message that, yeah, even Nolan can't win the Oscar, you're just going to tell the people who want to use making Avengers movies or making Star Wars movies so they can get to an Oscar, that there's no point for them to even do it either. It'll be actually a crying shame, in my opinion, to not give Dunkirk. Yeah, and it, it will go back to those, your two favorite letters, IP. <laughs> yeah, for good for good and for bad the best of times the worst of times um so as we let's transition from that uh to some news that's happened recently uh there's been a regime change at, at, at warner brothers and we've uh -oh. talked about it um it looks oh, like guys gotta go uh, no wait what <laughs> <laughs> um so hamada comes in uh, he takes over from, uh, I don't even, there's been so many changes in filmmakers and regime. I can't even remember who he's replacing, to be honest. Um, but Hamada comes in, it seems like Jeff has been kind of, I guess the, the, the politically correct word would be sidelined, as he is now kind of like an overseer from afar, I guess. I don't know. Um, but it seems like they're going to bring in, like, obviously Hamada has uh, his 
he he was in the realm of New Line, but now he's going to be in charge of DC. With that being said, are you supportive of this like sort of regime change, or do you or do you think that the studio should entrust uh, entrust Jeff Johns the the way that kind of Marvel has sort of entrusted Ken Feige, and it's paid off. The only, only, there's, there's two, there's, well, there's one, there's one major difference. Marvel Studios is its own thing, where DC, it's still kind of, it still has to, you know, you know, telegraph messages back and forth to Warner Brothers. Right, well, again, it's another big loaded, um, you know, kind of question slash, or or just a lot of statements that I, you know, could agree with. Um, Look, I'm a huge Jeff Johns fan. Um, I always... I'm a huge Jeff Jones fan, and I feel that he wears a lot of hats at this point. He wears hats for what they're doing with the movies. He wears hats for what they're doing the TV shows. He wears hats for what they're doing uh, with the comics as well as working himself on the comics. So perhaps they felt that they didn't want to, you know, sort of entrust one person with all this. And I think that was the original construct where it was him and Berg doing the movies. Uh, Berg appears to want to go do other things and not just make... Uh, DC stuff, and uh, that's his prerogative. In terms of Walter, what they've done is they've uh, put someone overseeing all this stuff who Toby Emmerich, uh, I think, trusts a lot because he's someone who's been working at New Line under Toby for a long time. Uh, I don't have uh, intimate knowledge of Walter, but I believe he likes all these kind of properties. And uh, I've met him, he seems to be a good guy. Um, I I think they're steering it as well as they can in the current situation. I think they should listen to Jeff as much as they can. Does that I, it, kind of answer the question? Yeah, that um, answers it perfectly. It just it doesn't make it like they, it for me as someone who kind of sits afar. You know, I'm in Texas. Kyle is in Michigan. It's like from seeing from sitting back and kind of looking at how the it looks like everything's processed. It looks like they there's too many cooks in the kitchen still. We're still at this point, instead of just entrusting someone who can, who is an incredible writer, his run on the new Doomsday Clocks uh, at, at uh, DC Comics is, you know, from, I haven't been able to catch up with everything, but from what I hear, it's like the best comics of like the last five years. But anything he touches is is pretty much gold. Like he had a hand in, you know, Wonder Woman and look what happened with that. Right. Well, that, well, that's the thing. Well, uh, hence some mind. He doesn't really. I'm not. I am not a fan of this strategy where they are putting other producers on the movies. I mean, Lord knows, man. I would love to come aboard and produce a DC movie. Okay, like, man, please, like, let me bring some elements and get on board one of these movies. But, but honestly, like, that's exactly it. You don't need to bring other people on these films. You you have the creative genius. Actually, <laughs> really do with what you just said. And that's why I like that model of, again, he, you know, okay, you're not going to allow him to be full-fledged everything because he has to also be writing his comics and overseeing TV. So they had a partner with him in DC Films. But now you have Walter overseeing stuff as a studio exec, and he may be great for that. Marvel, yeah, Marvel has Feige as a producer slash president, and then he has VPs under him who oversee the other films. And that's how he's able to be involved in making three or so of these movies a year and have his VPs who oversee the films underneath him. That is 
honestly the model they should have put together at Warner's years ago. And the model, it seemed as if they were finally getting together and suddenly perhaps some maybe wrong decisions were made uh, after the disappointment that was Justice League. Maybe that they already had stuff in the moving in the right direction anyway. And I think that the projects that are coming together are evidence of that. But again, I do believe Hamada will be a proponent of these movies. I believe his heart will be in the right place for these movies. And I think that he will work well with Jeff on these movies. So if they have to bring other producers on, they brought DeLuca on Suicide Squad. And while I'm not a proponent of this strategy, I don't think anyone can service a movie as well as that kind of movie than DeLuca. So it's all about looking at, you know, the situation and kind of figuring out where you are. And, I, you know, what I've learned is don't cry over spilled milk. Just figure out how to move forward. I, I agree. And with with what's interesting with the Suicide, with suicide Squad, too, if the rumors are true, then – the Rock will be somehow involved, like Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, will be somehow involved in Suicide Squad 2, and you'll have two of the biggest stars, you know, colliding, in, i.e. Will Smith, i.e. Uh, Dwayne Johnson. So hopefully that film... Today is Will Smith. That's what Dwayne Johnson... The Rock is, you know, for the kids, I think what Will was for me, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 20 years ago, honestly. I mean, Will was like the biggest thing ever as my hero. Now, now it's The Rock, and... Uh, Look, that's a brilliant idea. Again, it's an example, I think, of Jeff. I, I, that was, you know, obviously his idea. And and you, here you have a movie that nobody really cares about a sequel to Suicide Squad. It made money because it was Will and it had the Joker. That's what it was. Yes. Right? The yes. Joker and Harlequin were in a movie together with Will Smith. Brilliant. Everybody went to see it and said, what? You know, WTF is this? And like, it is such a bad movie. I mean, I tried to watch it at home. It is like one of the most incoherent POS ever put on screen. And, and the people who knock superhero movies, only a superhero movie would make that much money. Any other film that bad would not even make like 30 million all in. Okay. So to the power of the comic book movie and, 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 but nobody wants a sequel to that movie, right? Nobody like my God. And, hey, but wait a minute. What if The Rock is Black Adam is in there? Genius! Just, I, used to go, I used to go on Twitter and always say, Hail Feige. Hail Jones! Genius! And it goes back to where, you're, like, it seems like Jeff... Jeff should be the guy. He should be. And maybe, maybe at some point he gets solely brought back into well i think he still is the guy i mean again i think he's i I just think the difference is is that look i I don't think they could they would i don't want to speak for him or speak but i'm giving my opinion he isn't feige's a producer and a president of production it's hard for somebody in my opinion to be that when they're also a writer of the comics and a writer of the movies so i think being a creative makes it hard to be just that, and that's why I think the model they had where he was teamed up with another producer who could be that was sort of what worked for that scenario if he was going to be that guy. Because they had already gone forward with this TV strategy, this bifurcated universe strategy, and he's involved in all those things. Remember, Feige's not involved in the TV stuff. So he already had so much on his plate that it would have been hard to make him just a sole Feige, but the previous model seemed to be a model that, that could maneuver that, at least with regard to the film model. And Again, Hamada could be the right exec. I just think this 
open it up that other producers and directors can come on board. I mean, fine, you know, it, that is more of the old-fashioned filmmaking culture that Disney, vis-a-vis -vis brands like Marvel and Lucasfilm is proving you don't need to do, but they seem to want to cling to that. What I just don't want to see happen is I don't want to see them diluted. I don't want to see every producer, be it a producer on the Warner's lot or a producer out trying to bring elements to the table and get themselves on these movies and, you know, squeeze out movies for development that otherwise wouldn't be movies that should ever be in development because this interesting director and this interesting actor want to develop that movie. Well, that's really great. I like the power that Feige enjoys at Marvel where he goes, well, I want to make the right movies for the Marvel brand. I don't want the studio to chase heat or talent. That's what worries me is that they'll just start to make movies because a director and an actor is interested in doing that. And that is not the way to make these movies. And, and it, it, it's kind of going against, like, how I see Marvel kind of, like, the only analogy is, so Marvel right now is Tesla, and DC right now is... Chrysler, uh, Chrysler Ford, GM, <laughs> like the the old, the old, the they're trying to like catch up to Tesla, but they're still putting out product that isn't like a Tesla kind of product. That's the only way I can like really think about like, well, the old they're they're Warner Brothers is too conservative. Like if you look at their marketing, like how awful their marketing has been like okay well, don't, don't don't get me started on the market please let's, that's <laughs> let's, not let's, that's not let's, go there let's not put superman you know he's you know he's one of the sole members of justice they lost let's, they lost a hundred million dollars <laughs> at the domestic box office and a few hundred million worldwide i don't know what the worldwide that's here look like overseas but here in the u.s the first time the justice league was all together even though everybody knew that wonder that um, superman was coming back Let's not put him in the marketing, even though that's what kids want to see as Superman. You know, th th there's some culture. <laughs> we have to keep it a secret. Yeah. Well, this is this old guard at Warner that's been in place for years. This culture and a lot of the key, you know, people that have, you know, thank God, been moved out. Um, <laughs> that just, I mean, it, it's just insanity. These people don't even like superhero movies. They don't get superhero movies. They, they, they just don't get me started. I, I, this is the part where you. This is dangerous to get me started. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll 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 transition to. Uh, I want to ask you about Zero, but I know you haven't read it yet, so I'm just kind of. Like, uh, I'm bad. You have to read that. It, it's, All right. It's, it's on. It's on the list, man. It's on the Kyle, list. Kyle, Kyle, is Zero Year not one of the best comic book you've ever read? read? It's a very solid series. It's amazing. They 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 were able to bring my back. comicsology thing is, is so stacked the cube. So what I'm gonna do is you need to like text me because next time I'm going to the store, I'll actually buy it. Because I tend to read everything in comicsology these days, unless I get something specifically at the store, because otherwise it's like gonna take me forever. So what if I just mail you my copies? You could do that too. <laughs> um I think I have it. But I mean if you're gonna send me mail, like you can send me more in the book. I mean, I'll take money, you know, toys, whatever you got. <laughs> oh, so like, who should I sign the check to? Yeah. Oh, Bike sorry. check is great, yeah. <laughs> I have BVS on in the background in honor of you guys, by the way. Oh, well, yeah, the Dark Knight right, right. Yeah, the Dark Knight on last time. So and that's something that we're gonna kinda like announce that we're gonna do a special podcast. We haven't figured out exactly how we're gonna do that, or we're just kind of like maybe it's a retrospective, maybe it's commentary track on the Dark Knight. Well, that's gonna be in July. So as we slowly move away from that to I'm really looking forward to talking to Dark Knight with you because we, all of us, love that film. What 
like it changed the nature of how these films are made. Like it's it was such a cultural phenomenon um, that it's been like ten years since the Dark Knight, but it's such a cultural phenomenon. People are still talking about Heath Ledger as the Joker. How amazing that performance! How uh, definitive his Joker version, and you know, like Jared Leto's the Joker, but Heath Ledger really is the Joker, and he will be for this generation. Well, for my generation, probably your generation, maybe, maybe, maybe your generation, Dan, or is it Jack Nicholson? I mean, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, it's hard because that's the thing. It's like it's 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 hard. It's hard. I mean, honestly, he he did the most amazing performance ever. Um, I love Jack as well. It's, it's, it's just very hard. I think he's, uh, look, I love Cesar Romero. I think, I think Leto's good. I, I just think it's an iconic character, but Heath Ledger's portrayal of it is, is probably the definitive. I think that's, that's for sure. It's, it's, it's because it's a real examination of the role. Whereas if you look at the other times you've seen it, there's never really been a deconstruction or an examination of the character the way that was. Uh, it's it's such a sadness to me actually that we didn't get to have it be in a longer uh, you know that he wasn't able to play the role again and we didn't have a longer run of him playing that role but that, maybe that's an issue for the the next you know time we talk yes um, but that's what we're looking forward to come July we're gonna get all that everything is gonna be amazing for that but let's talk since we're kind of like back onto this Batman talk. There has been rumors that Affleck is kind of stepping out of the role as Batman. We don't know yet. There hasn't been any definitive answer whether Ben will be if if Batfleck will hang up the cape and the cowl, um, or if they bring someone else in. But the rumor has been percolating that there's been a few a few actors in mind. Uh, John Hamm has been one, and the other one, Jake Gyllenhaal. What does I'm gonna start with Jake because I already know that you think that John Hamm would be a better Harvey Dent than Batman, and I would, <laughs> yes I do I would agree with you 100 percent on that. Um, but if if Batfleck does you know step away from Batman, a is Jake the guy, and b if he is, what can he bring to the role? Look, I, I've been a fan of Jake Gyllenhaal for a long time. Uh, he's a great actor. Uh, I tend to prefer him in also sort of more dark roles or or or, or more. It, 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 you know, look, a lot of people weren't supportive of. Let's back it up. Here. A lot of people weren't supportive of Affleck, and I was always all about it. I was always one of the people who was like, he is going to be the greatest Batman ever. And by the way, you know, we we're talking about the Joker a second ago, and it's like, oh, who is? And it's hard for me. It's actually it's hard for me. I want to say Heath, and I do say Heath, but. Man, I mean, I love Nicholson, but but I yeah. think, but I think, like I said, he really broke it all down. Um, ben Affleck is my favorite live action Batman. I mean, let me just let me just you know say that he is my favorite live action Batman. I I, I can also categorically tell you that I prefer Christian Bale's uh, Bruce Wayne uh, hands down to Michael Keaton's uh, Bruce Wayne. I think Michael Keaton played uh, as good, if not a better Batman, actually than Bale and maybe even the best Batman. But when it comes to being the hybrid, both of them, both Batman and Bruce Wayne, nobody has personified it the way Affleck has. So what I first want to say is those will be heavy shoes to fill. That's what I first want to say. And um, 
in terms of uh, Hall, he's interesting. I mean, he could do it. He could play a young. I see him playing Batman. The question is how he'll be as Bruce Wayne. That is my question. I could see him being a really cool Batman, but it's not just about when you have the cow on it. It's my favorite scene in BVS is when Affleck or one of my favorite scenes is when Affleck is talking to uh, Alfred about how dangerous Superman is and why he's going to destroy him. He's wearing his, you know, his white dress shirt. It's Affleck. It's actually one of Affleck's best scenes ever as an actor, in my opinion. He's so good in that scene. He is, and he is Bruce Wayne. He has all the intensity, all the anger. You think about Bruce Wayne, who this guy would be. You speak about Harvey Dent and the difference between Bruce Wayne and Harvey Dent. And I want to really have these movies start to sink deep into this character that is not just the guy who wears the cow, but is Bruce Wayne. I want to see that. And there was, was interesting little kernels of that in BVS that I wanted to see more of Affleck. So uh, I'm down with Gyllenhaal. He'll be interested in Batman. I'm open. Uh, it's hard for me because I'm really team Batfleck and I really wish he would stay in the role. That's the truth. I think, I think that we haven't gotten to see all that he can really bring to the role. Like you said, yeah. we've seen kernels yeah. of it yeah, and we've seen like a few of those kernels pop into popcorn, but we haven't, we don't have a full bowl of, you know, of those kernels yet. We don't have that. He's for, he's my favorite Batman, definitive. Like, he's amazing. There's so many great things that he was able to bring to the role. And not just in BBS, in Justice League as well. Like, there's a moment where he's talking to Wonder Woman and just, like, like slides his hand and says, look, this is... And just, and just like, that intensity that he's able to bring. Um, do I want him to stay on? Yes. But do I get excited when I hear about another actor? See, to me, Batman is kind of like James Bond. Like, I love well, Daniel Craig. I love Daniel Craig, but I'm like, man, Idris Elba would be amazing, too. <laughs> like, well, you know what I... Well, well, totally agree there. But, but at, at the same time, the DCU is moving forward, you know, with regards to what we've been talking about. And you right. have... So, uh, replacing Batman, you've got the best guy in the universe. Uh, I am all about. I love Daniel Craig; he's great. But I want Idris Elba to be the next Bond, actually, and I'm all about. That. Yes. Uh, I want the next Batman to be Ben Affleck because he's still the freaking Batman. It's just that simple. To me, he's a freaking Batman. So uh, it doesn't mean that who else they get won't be good. But right now, you do have the best freaking Batman ever. Why are you not exploiting that? That's a good question. Kyle, can you answer that for him? Can you answer to our guests why we're not exploiting that? Let me just uh, like look into other people's minds and like figure out what Ben Affleck's thinking, what the executives are thinking, and then I'll get back with you guys on that. I don't think they know what they're thinking. I don't think they do either. <laughs> no comment. No comment. I mean, I mean, I mean, I have like you have the best freaking Batman ever. He, he is the, again, you have the best, so, so your fans are so easy. They get all, you know, except, and they, oh, but the next guy's cool. But you got the best guy ever. It's not that easy. You wouldn't trade away Tom Brady, would you? Nobody would. I don't even care about sports, but I know that. <laughs> That's when you got an ace up your sleeve, you play. No, that's when you fold, obviously. <laughs> he is the freaking Batman! 
he is he ha, he's six foot four. He's the perfect size. He has the perfect like chin. He's amazing in the role. The like, scene he, is on in the background right now. The um the scene where he's uh you know he's in the Batmobile and he's you know which is like the best Batman action sequence ever actually. Uh, where he's oh, fighting with these sir, guys. I mean, sir. it's just like literally, <laughs> sir. That I, I, sir, we're gonna argue on that because oh. that is not the best Batman scene. It's one of them. It's the one of them. Warehouse sequence oh, is okay, the but best. It, but there you go. Same movie. Okay. Same movie. Yeah. Right. Like, like same, same guy, same, same, same guy. movie, same, same. You know, there's a lot. This movie has a lot of issues. Standalone action sequences with Bruce Wayne or Batman are not only the best part of this movie, they're the best Batman stuff ever put on screen. There, there's Batman. nothing... There, let me just, 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 there's nothing... See, Nolan made the best Batman films ever because they are the best from beginning to end. He never made, made one sequence of Batman in action that is as good as anything in some of the sequences in BVS. If you're just going to go for action stuff. Overall film, Absolutely. Absolutely, but just that warehouse scene you just mentioned and this scene, why are we not seeing this guy? I don't know. It doesn't, it, it's, there's, I, I got to talk about the warehouse sequence that you brought, we brought it up. Sure, yeah. That moment in the film where you think that you're just, like, when I first saw that movie, I said, okay, he's got to save Martha, right? He's going to do it. It's going to be a quick it's going to be a quick boom, 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 grapple gun. He's going to get her. It's going to be quick sequence. That sequence goes on for quite some time. And each moment, it keeps getting, it gets ratcheted up every step of the way in that moment, in that sequence. It is amazing how they were able to choreograph that, how they were able to make that scene look. Well, I, I, I would assume that any, any, any scene like that, again, any scene with Batman, Either Bruce Wayne or or in the in the costume, I think Zack Snyder has such a man crush on that character, and uh, has always wanted to get a hold of that character, and that's why he, you know, honestly, really, the guy who made Man of Steel was more excited about bringing Batman into the universe than he was making a sequel with Superman, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um. and, and, and if he, you know, funny thing is, if he would still. Be one of the best directors to ever do a Batman movie. Oh, I would agree. Maybe, maybe change the Batmobile up a little bit. Maybe let's give it something a little bit different. Um, maybe, maybe give Batman, you know, bring him back into the the gray the gray suit. I'd be down with that. Maybe give him a. I'm I'm for the the big, uh, the big fat bat emblem. But I'm all about changing the suit up a little bit. Uh. I'd like to see his. I'd like to see Zack Snyder's Alfred, uh, you know, bring some food to Bruce Wayne. I'd like to see Bruce Wayne in some Wayne Enterprises sequences, like we got like Chris Nolan's Batman. But yes, Zack Snyder would be an amazing director. You gotta find a good writer though, and you. I do not. <laughs> I don't want him to adapt on already like. What I love about like Chris Nolan's The Dark Knight trilogy is he was able to take individual overarching storylines like like the long halloween and the dark knight and then we got a lot of we got elements of the long halloween and batman begins we got elements of year one but it wasn't like a straight like almost adaptation of those things like bbs 
feels like a kind of a love affair with the Dark Knight Returns. I love the Dark Knight Returns, and I I love the comic book. And I love Jay Oliva's. You know, I watch that probably once a month. I always tweet about it, and Jay always likes that. So, but anyway, once a week, once a week, I watch it once a week. So I got you beat. But I'd, I'd much rather him at this point, and I'd much rather because he's adapted three hundred. He's adapted Watchmen, which is. Quite possibly one of the greatest and most underrated comic book films of all time. Uh, that Watchmen is, especially the Ultimate Edition with all like the 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 comic uh, Tales of Black Freighter thrown into that. Straight up, one of the best and most underrated comic book films of all time. But I want him if he were let's say let's hypothetically if he were to take on let's say that. For some reason, Matt's like, you know what? I want to, you know, let's. I want to go do something. I want to go direct a, a Star Wars movie. I don't want to do Batman anymore. I'm gonna go do Star Wars. Could happen. You never know. I'm not saying it is. Like, there's. I have no insider information. I'm just saying, like, you know, like we've seen kind of Warner Brothers kind of like bringing everyone to the to the stage. Here's our DC directors, and none of them have directed any of those movies. So, <laughs> <laughs> but. You know, if if Zach were to you know direct a Batman movie, I want him to just take elements and not have an uh, such a close adaptation to things that have already been done. I mean, what do you guys think? I'm gonna start with Dan. What do you got? What do you, if if hypothetical if Snyder were to direct it? It'd be obviously amazing, but there needs to be elements in from other things. Well, I mean, it did you say that. I don't know, because maybe he flourishes in adaptation, though. And maybe that's why Watchmen and 300 uh, are... And even Dawn of the Dead, which is also an adaptation, if you think about it. And he had a script to work mm -hmm. off of. Maybe but those are why that's stronger. Whereas, you know, BVS was sort of like... It's a sequel to Superman Begins, but it's also incorporating Superman into a world where Batman already exists. But then we're going to put in... Dark Knight returns elements and I think that really what he is about is there's certain things he falls in love and he wants to bring them to screen in this really amazing visual interpretation. So I get what you're saying and that goes to the the, the warehouse scene, the scene we were just talking about, but I think oftentimes perhaps what he needs is some sort of a narrative. I mean, I don't know. I, I would just love to see him doing the Dark Knight Returns. I mean, an actual faithful adaptation of that. I, I don't know. To me, in, in, in a way, that's sort of maybe his strength is how he brings these things together. Because uh, I think that creatively, a lot of the strengths on Man of Steel were more, in terms of story, were more Nolan and Goyer, to be honest. But I feel that what he is, is he brings this visual, and he's a huge comic book fan, obviously. But BVS is an example where there wasn't really a strong point of view. You know, you had the, it was exactly that. You had too many cooks in the kitchen. You had Warner Brothers. You had Affleck. You had him. You had all these people, and I think there was never a way to kind of figure out what the story is, whereas Marvel's really good at saying, hey, let's use Civil War. Let's use the Infinity Gauntlet. Let's use this. Let's use that. And they figure out how to tell a cool story around it. Mm -hmm. So I could kind of go either way. Kyle, thoughts? I, I've always been a very big believer that Snyder's more of a like a visual director. People, people like to throw that term around, but like it kind of is true. Like whenever he has a strong strong source material to work from like direct adaptation of 300 or, or watchmen those are some of his best works like he can just like i'm going to translate this page into a movie and he does it flawlessly 
But as soon as he starts to deviate from that, and you know, we have to start writing some more original content, that's where it starts to fall a bit fall apart a little bit. So like, if he has a strong writer with him, I feel like yeah, he can he can totally nail it. But I, that I, can mean, I mean, the yeah, issue. yeah, t- yeah, totally agree. I mean, the, the, and, I mean, guys, like I've got the movie on in the background, and again, I mean, a, a, a action sequence where the Batman is just kicking. You know, but that's great, right? Like he totally rocked that. Okay, that, that's an action sequence. That's yeah. perfunctory. That's going to be scripted in just to be a set piece and think of something cool. There's now this entire sequence going on with with this guy who's pushing this woman into a subway because she's a witness. And Lois Lane is me with the Secretary of Defense and the dinner cutting. This is stuff that we don't need. Get, get Zach on the other hand would really rock like some Red Hood crap. So I, I just think like when you got to try and put the buffer in there. You know, you said comic, the content. It's like, yeah, I mean, this this, this stuff is not good. But, oh, my but God. It, my brain just exploded. <laughs> I want to fucking see that. Holy shit. But that's what it is, though. It's like, it's just like, it's all about what you do. Because now, right now, I'm watching the, the guy in the wheelchair is being wheeled behind Soledad O'Brien, and she's talking about <laughs> the, the hearing. <laughs> this is not the good stuff in this movie. Uh, the good stuff in this movie is, is the stuff that looks like The Dark Knight Returns. The good stuff in this movie is it seems to pay a lot of homage or service oh the characters. Um, Holy sh- I cannot believe I've never thought of that. And Zack Snyder did a direct adaptation of Red Hood with Ben Affleck as Batman, and he can get pu- and he could have e- Jared Leto's Joker. And then he could cast his own fucking Red Hood. Holy shit. I mean, here we go. Lois is on the subway now. I don't know. Somebody's following her. She's talking to Perry White. I mean, all this stuff that they paid the Academy Award winning screenwriter for. Yikes. <laughs> I mean, serious. Like, this is, this is not how you make a superhero oh, movie. Uh, I probably said too much. But, I mean, seriously. Like, it's just like, this is not how you do it. I mean, and, and this is... And by the way, I mean, it's so beautifully lit and framed. I mean, this is exactly how Fincher would shoot this stuff. But, you know, Fincher's actually, you know, telling a story that, you know, people care about. I, I don't know what... Uh, what is this senator doing these hearings? What? I mean, my head wants to explode when I watch this movie. Okay, it's so... so much better than Justice League. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I have a huge. Since we're on, I will weekend, never work in this town again after talking with you guys on the podcast. It's just, <laughs> if you come on our podcast, you're fired. Yeah, pretty much. Oh. Um. Okay, so I've said this a million times, and I'll say it one more time: having Superman being called to Congress and him standing there not saying anything was the biggest mistake that they could ever do to that character, and that is. Years of weird Superman stories. I'm talking well, like well. Speaking of Superman, and in fairness, and again, I say this as a fan of Zack Snyder's, a defender of Zack Snyder, an apologist of Zack Snyder. Keep him away from Superman. I do not think he has the best interests of that character at heart. He has about as good an interest of that character as Warner Brothers marketing does. Okay. I <laughs> oh, since I went too far there. Um, <laughs> Um, but back to what, like, he literally, Kal-El could have given this big speech saying, defending himself for the actions of the attack on Metropolis. He literally could have said, look, I am, I am, I am an alien on this planet. Kal-El could have seen and heard the bomb and saved everybody because he's Superman. (laughs) 
So they paid somebody like a million dollars to write that. Just again, I want to point out. Anyway, uh, typical Hollywood 101. And we wonder why movies suck, but why Marvel keeps getting it right. Uh, we need a part of the movie where he fails. So he has to go and mope around for a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we wonder, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> when are the Oscars again? Because the Thalberg should be going to Kevin Feige. Uh, that sequence of him going, I just can't understand. What, that whole buildup, and he doesn't say a fucking word. There's nothing. There's no dialogue coming out of Kalel's mouth. None. It doesn't make sense. It as, as I was just, not a fan of this material and these characters to subject somebody to watch this movie would be honestly a version of torture it's true story it, it's 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 a my, I, t I took my mom i took my ex-girlfriend they're like what the f they're, that's they're where that's where see that's where like like i can be honest with you i prefer bbs to justice league because i'm a fan of the characters and because mm -hmm. I can invest myself in the universe, but if you're just a regular person, that's where Justice League works because just a regular person is all like watches BVS and like, what is this dark, long, dreary BS? Justice League is just stupid, but it's easy to digest. Right, you know, it's a quarter pounder. It's not even. It's a it's a double cheeseburger. It's a, it's a McDouble. We're not. I don't it, think it, it's not even a double cheeseburger. It's the order where you got the two little you know cheeseburgers. It's that one. <laughs> The junior size. Yes, <laughs> that's Justice League. Well, that was okay, but I wish it would. There was more. <laughs> we got ourselves a Happy Meal here, <laughs> and no toys because they didn't market Superman. Damn it, <laughs> Justice League. Look, 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 Justice League. It's got that end tag. That end tag is just so good. <laughs> oh my god. I totally forgot about that. So you just mentioned yeah. that. That's 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 it. The movie's kind of like whatever, and you got the end tag. It's like, oh, okay, this is cool. I was, I was, we did the, I, I was did the, the press screen or whatever, I, the fan, whatever, little press there, but the fan screen. People gasp as soon as we saw that reveal of Destro. People were like, <gasps> and I had not seen. I there was two times in my, in my moving going experience where I've seen that happen. The opening shot of the Dark Knight, where we see the the giant city skyline on in IMAX, and then the ending of The Departed, where everyone gets shot in the head, where people are like, oh, I've never seen that moment. Is as as big of a fan as I am of these characters. That is a film fan moment for me because uh, well, getting well, uh, to see that that reaction of the first <gasps> the first time i saw justice league was early like the first screen at warner's and it did not have that tag and i walked out of the movie and it was like you know i went to the first screen of wonder woman and i was elated right i went to the first screen of justice league and i was like you know well let's not say what i was but uh point is, is that a few weeks later when i saw it again at the premiere and i saw that tag i had a whole different perspective on the movie because that tag is awesome and it made me excited about a character I never really actually cared about, to be honest, which was Deathstroke. And additionally, Jesse Eisenberg, who I've always been a fan of, but I hate his Lex Luthor. He's not in the background right now. Actually look cool as Lex Luthor. Yes. Yes. It made us excited for things that may not happen. But That's see, what I'll say. Right. 
And see, there you made my point. This is like they finally get it going, and then now we're talking about all the stuff we're talking. Like I'm ready for Deathstroke, man. I'm ready for that Lex Luthor. I am ready. That tag was telling me that yeah, yeah, we know that you just watched this, you know, bad McDonald's Lego whatever, right? <laughs> um, we're sorry, you know. There's some good elements here. We know what we have. We're getting it together. Let's go. I agree. I, I just don't. There's there's so many ways to take the jump. There's so many avenues. It just it. I don't know if. I don't know. Aquaman. Aquaman could be cool. You got Momoa was dope in Justice League. Juan's a cool director, so Aquaman could be cool. I'm very excited about Wonder Woman two. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic about Shazam. We just discussed Suicide Squad 2. Brilliant to put The Rock in there. So to me, the universe endures. The, the, the universe is too, was already too big to fail, and they have made maneuvers to keep going that will extend that uh, all the way into Flashpoint. So just kind of what we're talking about, I, I don't know. I, I just wish Affleck would stay. I don't know. It just I want him to. I do. But I want him to want to. Sure. Because, well, that's the whole thing too, right? I mean, you got to right. you got to have a. I, you know, it sounds also to me like Reeves maybe isn't nuts about some of the takes, and he seems to want to do his own uh, story, maybe that doesn't even uh, take place in the DCU or something. That would be a mistake. I mean, I guess if they're trying to figure out make it a prequel series or something, but at the same time, I have had the definitive Batman story ever told. No one's going to top it which is what Nolan did with Batman Begins and Dark Knight. Then there was a disappointment, frankly, with Dark Knight Rises. At this point, the best thing you can do for me with Batman is tell Batman stories that are set in this DC universe or at least a broader Batman universe, a universe with Red Hood or whatever. So And Nightwing. Well, all that. Well, Red Hood means we have Nightwing, right? Yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah. So, you know, I'm saying that I need that universe. So I don't know what the plans are. Honestly, I don't. Uh, I, I, I read the same rumors as you do. I hear the same rumors as you do. If they're going to make it a prequel, okay, I guess. If it sets all that stuff up, I'm going to get worried when I hear about these ones that take place in Elseworlds. Again, that could be interesting, depending on what the take is and who the character is. B but I was really excited about seeing Affleck go forward and seeing a Red Hood movie. I mean, it felt like it was set up for the next, uh, going forward, for there to be Red Hood. And, and those kind of stuff. And, and I to just, see him take on Deathstroke. Like, holy shit. How which, amazing which, which, which I admit is a character that I was not excited about that you all are because I'm now the old man. And I was like, whatever. And I saw the end of uh, the movie and was like, yes, give him to me because you set him up. So uh, if, if these movies end up going and being backstories of like Penguin and Joker or whatever, like, come on. Then they're done that. Gotham's <laughs> on TV every week. Ah. Uh. Don't even get us started on that shit. Yeah, I have. Oh, I, I like that we can use profanity on the show. No, but seriously, I mean, so I mean, Matt Reeves is a great filmmaker, so I'm very interested to see what he would do. But you know, I was all about seeing Batman movies going forward that basically said. And by the way, I was looking forward to seeing Ben Affleck and Jared Leto interface more as Batman and the Joker. So I have my own questions about what is going on because I. And not nuts about a lot in this universe. The movie's on the background and Superman is sulking because we let a bunch of people die and it's all dark and it looks like a scene of Fincher's Zodiac and they need to brighten this stuff up. But it, it, it's established, it's set up, there's some good stuff to so take the good with the bad and you keep going, you know? 
I have one last question, and I don't know if you're going to be able to answer this. Do you think that if Henry Cavill's mouth was not an issue, that that movie would have played better? No, this yes. is a serious. Yeah. No, Do you yes. think that? Yes. Come on, the opening scene. It's weird. It's weird. It's creepy. You. I get the shivers when you bring it up. Yes, it's weird. Ooh. I should. Why? I mean, yeah. Why? Yeah. Why didn't they just? Why didn't? I, there's so they could have literally had him full beard and a black suit. They could have had him, you know, turned like facing like something else. Like I, I, they I shot entire scenes. I mean, again, like I mean, what, what I'm being funny with you guys, you know, I'm just gonna say, guys, like they shot in. They, Zack Snyder injected the death of Superman and the Dark Knight Returns into the first meeting of Batman and Superman, and mm-hmm. we just had this, you know conversation talking about you know where it went wrong and where it didn't go. And I think that you know, again there was an, there was a mandate by the studio and, and a desire by the studio to create a shared universe based on what was going on with Marvel. And I think they probably looked at Man of Steel's numbers and thought they were a bit light and they uh, were less than a lot of people, including myself, actually thought it was going to originally do. And they wanted to juice that. And they, they put Batman in there. And you, you, we, we could talk, you know, to a blue in the face about what the take should have or should have not been. But at, at the end of the day, when we watch, you know, Justice League, I mean, really, it's like they were setting up the death of Superman. They killed him. They apparently shot entire scenes where he's in his black costume with the silver logo. And it's just gone. I mean, what happened? Instead, I got to look at him with this weird mustache remover because they shot scenes a year and a half later. Uh, What happened? (laughs) We should be asking that. It's not that bad. I mean, it's just like, it just lets. I bet you. I bet bet you that they look at those numbers from Man of Steel and BVS. Warmingly compared to the numbers. Oh they yeah! Just- oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I mean, I mean that's the, and, and it's not that it's again. It's actually I think for a general audience a more accessible movie, but I just think it's such a hodgepodge, and it's just it's. It, I mean, talk about Lego. I mean, it's man. If Lucasfilm's making it work, that, that's just an example of where it doesn't work. Uh, I mean, wow. Uh, I mean, just just it, it, it's 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 a shame. I mean, again, so I, I just. Uh, well, the universe is enduring, and uh, we'll see what happens with Affleck. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. I don't know what this – and we'll see what happens with Matt Reeves' Batman. I mean, this obviously we talk about the universe, but the, the, the MVP of the universe or the three MVPs of the universe are Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. So uh, I want more Justice League movies. I want a really cool Flashpoint movie, and I want whoever plays Batman in those movies to also be the same guy that plays them in the standalone movies. That'd be really weird to have Ben Affleck in Flashpoint. Then he is Batman in like the share. Okay, so here would be really weird if Batfleck was in Flashpoint, then in Justice League Two, but he was not in Matt Reeves' The Batman. Well, like, so you just be- said it because it's again, I don't actually have inside knowledge, but that's exactly what seems to me like a confusing. You know, sort of riddle that they're trying to figure out there, which is like you would put African Flashpoint, right? Because you right. can kind of maybe carve out that maybe the Reeves films are prequels or whatever. If they're going to have Gyllenhaal, for example, who's younger, right? right. But then, what what are you going to do with Justice League Two? Are you going to not bring Affleck back? Are, are you going to? Is that what you're going to do? Are you going to decide that the, that the Batman property needs to not interface with the other Justice League characters? This works better off by himself. Like, like I don't know what decisions would sort of you know lead to that but no 
just no. Like I'll say it to you right now. Like, it doesn't I make that, sense. And it's like no. So it's like I, I don't know. I just I just right now the movie's on in the background and the best scene in the movie's happening where he's looking at the um, the footage of all the other Justice League characters. I, I want to see even though I I preferred Affleck in BVS and I did in Justice League because I think that in BVS it was one guy whereas in Justice League it was made over five different years. Um, I would like to see. Uh, you know, the, the the flashpoint continuation that I would like to see this character go on. But it doesn't be... It, let's say that, hypothetically, that Reeves doesn't use or doesn't want... He, he kind of does a Nolan thing where he's like, I don't want my Batman to be in these other movies. Well, that's kind of against why you brought Batman into... Yeah, I mean, that would be, that would be, I mean, I'll say it on record. To me, that would be a misguided decision. I mean, I, I would never support, I mean, I think, like, that would be really a misguided decision. And, and, and I really hope that that's not what anybody would decide to do, because a Batman has worked incredibly well in comics and animation alongside the other characters in which he uh, shares his universe, and I believe that he needs to be given his due. And to just go backwards, because a filmmaker wants that, I think I said this before with you guys. I mean, these properties are bigger than any filmmaker, any actor who will come anywhere close to them. So the moment you start to deviate your take based on what the filmmaker or actor wants is the moment you've already lost. And it doesn't make sense because Matt Reeves, Chris Nolan, Tim Burton, Joel Schumacher don't own these characters. Exactly. Warner Brothers does. Warner and Brothers does. They're a publicly traded company. They're currently trying to complete an acquisition by a larger company. Uh, and it is in the best interest of these characters to be put together on screen as Disney has shown with their Marvel uh, franchise. And as you can see, I, I mean, I hear people now, I mean, I have lunch with the agents and executives. They go, well, because, you know, Batman works better by himself. And I'm like, if that's some party industry crap you want to spew, go ahead. We know how much better he works in toys and merchandise and animation with all these characters. So you can say that all you want, just like we know Superman works. There's a broken thing when a studio tries to make everything dark and dreary because a bunch of executives who are in love with 70s movies want to make everything dark and dreary. Should I say that? I mean, that's, you know, at the end of the day, you don't go work at these companies to make what you want. You go work at these companies that are publicly traded to make what the public wants. You have independent film for the other thing. And like, 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 like it goes back to Warner Brothers owns these characters. These, these filmmakers don't. So, okay, so I think with, with it's interesting, it's interesting to see what's going to happen in the future with Warner Brothers DC films, uh, Maybe, hey, maybe they go after, like, the, the guy who's running the TV show, Berlanti. Maybe maybe there's a good idea. Team him up with Jeff Johns. Why not? Like, Jeff can go do his his thing. He could have someone who... He's more... He, he'd be good. He's more of a creative. That's the thing. He's a writer-director again. They, they need, like, I think they're... And the only reason I think you can't empower Jeff to be... Jeff can be that, but you gotta, he's got to have a partner. Because, I think that Berlanti guy could be that guy. Yeah, he could be, but I think Berlanti wants to direct and create other stuff outside of the DC canon. I think you need someone that wants to just be the producer on all the DC movies and can just I'll do be it. dealing with all the <laughs> just deal with all the agents and executive scum around there. Frankly, that, I'll that's do what it. it is. That I think he is better off dealing with the creative stuff, and um, you know, but but in the meantime, that's not the path they're going to do. They're going to have a path where. You know, directors are going to say, I want to work with this producer, and they're going to bring that producer on. You're going to, I mean, I honestly, I, I get ready for some sort of actors and directors going in and pitching their take on this movie or that movie, which again, I, I'm conflicted on because I do like the idea of 
hey, this director, this actor could have always had a, a, a passion for a character that otherwise wouldn't have got made. And it is kind of cool to have that happen sometimes. So it, it, it just depends. But I like having the vetting of someone. And I want Jeff to be empowered. That he has the ability to say, that's not a good idea. This is, that's not. That Leonardo DiCaprio might be the Joker was intriguing. Do I want to see that? I don't know, but it's definitely got my interest. It, it's one of those things where if they're going to have it be part of canon, no. But if you're going to do it as, you know, outside of canon, you know, then I, I guess that's the thing. It's like, where are you taking this brand? I was never a fan of the bifurcation strategy, which has paid off for them somewhat. Maybe it's hurt them in other ways, but it's certainly paid off for them in, in other ways. And you know, they don't have to do everything the same way as Marvel. So if they want to open up the thing and say, hey, anybody can come and tell an interesting story, maybe we get what we always want, which is we want a faithful, I mean, faithful. I've spoken with you guys before about how you could do it. But if you're going to have like a total Elseworld scenario, you could do a 112% faithful Dark Knight Returns. Yes, you could do Why can't they just call it one-shots like they do in the comics? Yeah. One-shots. Yeah. You have your Leonardo DiCaprio, Scorsese produce Joker. You could go off and do get Guillermo del Toro to do his one shot in Justice League Dark. Don't know why they let him uh, uh, not, not like Shape of Water. Like why not have him direct a movie in DC? You could have. I mean, shit. You could go after you know Jonah Nolan and ask him to write fucking Red Hood, and that could be just a fucking one shot. Well, that, but that's where you got to be careful, right? What's a one shot versus what's part of canon? You know, I mean, again, I want. Red Hood to be with Affleck in canon. But if a really fascinating filmmaker and actor like Martin Scorsese and Leo want to do a Joker origin story, would DC Comics, you know, okay, we're fans of the books, right? So we all know there's right. no origin story really for the Joker, right? We know mm -hmm. that's something that Byrne injected in his movie, right? right? But right now, if the biggest writer, if Jeff Johns said to DC, I want to do a Joker origin story, they would let him do it. And we would all read it. So if Martin Scorsese wants to do a Joker origin story, guess what? I'm going to buy a ticket to see it. It, it, it. It's just a question of balance of what is right and what is wrong. I, what I really want, then, if you're going to do this Elseworld thing, you better make Dark Knight Returns. I mean, 110% faithful. Like I'm, that animated I, movie. I, th I think that they could. And, I, you know, I've... I, at, the, at this point, any, if, if they were to go that route and say, if, I, I've, always, I've always submitted that Leo Di, DiCaprio is our, like Kyle and my generation, maybe your generation's Jack Nicholson. Like, sure. if, you look, if you look at his, you know, Playboy lifestyle, his, his movies, Wolf of Wall Street, Aviator, I'm not talking about like Titanic. I'm talking about like these actors' roles that he's, you know, really inhabit it i've I, I, i'll i've always said that aviator was better than revenant like from an acting standpoint but wolf of wall street could have that could have won him an academy award too like well I, is, I i think wolf of wall street to me yeah i mean you can't get it better you know for me that that's 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 it he, he's incredible i mean i'll, I'll see anything he does so yeah and, but, but guys like like a, 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 an expanded not expanded universe but sort of a well, yeah, like this one shot, whatever they do, Elseworlds thing. I mean, a Dark Knight Returns movie, I don't know, could Nolan come back? Could Nolan and Bale just come back and say, hey, we can do our own Dark Knight Returns movie with, with Gary Oldman? Because we're just getting the band back together. Well, well why I mean, do that? Why not get Michael Keaton for Batman? Like, have you ever seen Batman Beyond? 
Sure. You, you saw Batman Beyond, right? Yes, like, yes. He, so you could get Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne from Batman Beyond. You could, yeah. You could totally do that. I mean, again, that's, but it's, I want Dark Knight Returns. Like, I actually want now, if you're going to do that, I want that faithful Dark Knight Returns. So, yes, it could be Michael Keaton. It just depends on what you want, right? Right. I, I want, who do you want to direct Dark Knight Returns? Do you want Tim Byrne to direct Dark Knight Returns? No, 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 no. You know, do you want Chris? Who is the director for that, though, speaking of it? Like, speaking of that, who is the director? Is it Zack I, Snyder? I think Actually, you, yeah, I mean, did I, he already I, ape so much, pardon the pun, ape so much that you can't bring him back to do it? <laughs> That it's too like, they, 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 I mean, that would piss him off, by the way, too. Somebody goes and makes a faithful Dark Knight Returns, but he can't do it because he already sort of did it, kind of. So uh, that would be interesting. I think, I think it would be a real shame and a shock if, they, if the studio said, we're going to do Dark Knight Returns, and it's not Snyder. Because it but it might, but again, our, it might be it might be Nolan and Bale. Let's say maybe it's Nolan and Bale. Maybe it's them coming back because they feel like they own it. <laughs> and I'm just this isn't even I'm just throwing examples though. It's like Yeah, I understand. You know, I, it's I, just this is the world we're gonna live in. I mean, that would be something. If you announce that Christian Nolan, Christopher Bale, eh, eh, Christopher Nolan and Christian Bale are returning to do Dark Knight Returns, that's what that else worlds allows. It allows them, by the way, to make up for the disappointing kick in the you know what the Dark Knight Rises was. And there you <laughs> so you know. Oh, that's awesome. Um, it gives Nolan the, the character of Superman to play with. Can we get Peter Jackson to direct Green Lantern, though? I know you're all about that. So am I. So am I. <laughs> Green Lantern Core. Green Lantern Core. And I just, oh, I my. Want the green, I, love this, I love this idea of this, 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 which is probably a Jeff thing, Jeff Johns thing, which is the Green Lantern Core. Not just making, like, a Green Lantern. We've already seen that. You know, guy gets a ring. Power. No, go into space, have the whole movie mostly in space. Have it be like a fish out of water, our guy on Earth going into space. That is such a cooler take. Again, such a take that works so well in a, say it with me, shared universe. <laughs> yes. You could, you could literally do that. And you could have three movies. You could have Tom Cruise in that first one. You could have them all. And you could have it completely tied in with Justice League movies and and – you know, the next Superman movie and, and all that jazz. And it's just, there's a ripe universe there that needs to get its stuff together and start going. Harrison Ford for Toma Ray. I'm going to, I'll say it. Whoa! <laughs> Could you imagine Tom Cruise, Harrison Ford? I want Tom Cruise on that role. I want Tom Cruise to do his comic book movie. That, that's it. And then he could pass it off to Jon Stewart. Are you young? John yeah, well, that, well, that's exactly, well, I would have... What I would do is I would have the fish out of water be a, like a John Stewart anyway, mm -hmm. uh, probably, and I would probably already have the the older guy. I, I mean, who knows? You have to think about it, but it's just, it's just, it's such a rich mythology that's because it's a it's the Green Lantern core. It's so beyond any one character. It's its own giant sort of mythology within the DCU that not only works as its own franchise but informs so much of the larger canvas of the universe. God damn it, I want this shit to happen now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if we if they announce tomorrow that Peter Jackson's doing Green Lantern Core, I will I will forgive You need an every... EP credit, Justin. It's all you because you created this. You seeded this. I'd be like messaging uh, Justin like Justin, are you there? Justin <laughs> Oh no, I think we lost Justin. He's gone. <laughs> Something happened to him. You won't even you won't even make it to the movie. Ugh. <laughs> uh. No, Just, I mean that. Like, okay, like, that's such a great idea because that's a perfect example of like you got know, this huge filmmaker, really cool building worlds. It's really hard to get anything original made anymore. Oh wait a minute, the stuff that wasn't original anyway. It was based on property, IP. So 
Peter. Green Lantern. Green Lantern. Peter. Warner Brothers. It has a ring. Dollars. It has there's a, a ring. There's a ring in this movie. You could get we'll rule them all. Circus as Sinestro. Boom. Do it. You're welcome. Bro. Well, the guy I keep saying they should. Um, James Wan has been developing uh, Robotech, and he's doing Aquaman, so he's already part of the Warner family. He, you could totally um, give it to him. He could be a potential Justice League director in the future. By the way, he's an interesting filmmaker. So, I think cool stuff can still happen. I'm hopeful about this universe. Who would you, if you were to, ca- if you were to hire a filmmaker for Man of Steel two, who who would be like, give us like two, so you can't be like, well, you know, who who would those guys be? It's or- hard because you know it's hard because it's a sequel, right? So it's hard right. for me to think of like because it's like if you were to hire a filmmaker to bring Superman in the modern age, put your hat on. I, I think of Henry Cavill now as being in Man of Steel and BVS and that universe continuing. So I think of a tone that's. Got to be lighter, though, than Man of Steel and BVS, and that's more sort of, you know, admittedly, like, while it was distracted and jarring looking at him, there were parts of the end of that movie that I think Whedon brought to it that sort of started to bring the tone of Superman that we all want to see on the screen, which, so on that subject, Josh Whedon would be a top contender for me. I mean, I think he knows how to do these characters, so I, I think, like, if, if he's part of the family now... Uh, he will do an amazing Batgirl, but he would also do an amazing Superman, like standalone Superman movie. That'd be an interesting guy. Um, you know, I read and hear the same things as you guys. Matthew Vaughn or whatever could be interesting. I think he's got a lighter touch, Matthew Vaughn. So he could he would be a, a good filmmaker for that. I, I um, just, okay, I'm, I'm good with that, but I don't want to see, like, his action sequences and, like, the, the X-Men movie and, like, and the Kingsman movies are great, but they're too stylized for me to be in right. a Superman. Right. We got so to think about what is that next Superman movie because you had Superman Begins, quote unquote, right? But you still haven't had the Dark Knight of Superman movies. What I mean by that is you had Superman Begins, then you had it in BVS and Justice League. So you had the Superman Begins movie, and the follow up is a very dark movie exploring his the ramifications of his existence on the world. That's also a follow up to an alien invasion movie that we're not alone. It's got some interesting stuff going on. It's then about him and Batman coming together. It's seeding Justice League. Moving forward, there's a lot to be explored between him and Lex Luthor. There's a lot to be explored about the power he has. You know, everybody talks about how you got to make him lighter, but to be honest, a lot of the best superheroes, Superman stories actually got darker. The thing about him is he's interesting light in the beginning. So I fear now they're going to start to try and make him more and more light. But now is a time where you would usually be making him darker. So it's going to be interesting because they're going to go, oh, how do we make him lighter? But I want to find what are going to be his next independent or solo movie is going to really be defined about who the villains are. Metallo, Brainiac. Sure, but what are the stakes? Who are the villains and what are the stakes? So I'll be interested to see. So we talk about, you know, a lighter tone, but it's really about who the villains and the script are. That would dictate, you know, perhaps it's going to look and be lighter than Man of Steel and certainly BVS, but I don't want it to be too light. It needs to, I I feel like what they can do and what they should do going forward with Superman is they have the elements of that darkness with, you know, with the family, right? So you have, like, those moments with Ma Kent. You bring back uh, Russell Crowe, which I hope so, as Jarrell. Sure. Like, like well, having need- those moments. 
those they moments need, see and then you have you just have levity like you they need, just they, light right right has that it has moments of levity where you where you're taken to a place where you didn't but what is that to go. But, but, you, but you have to figure out and this is again going to be a conversation about where they go with flashpoint and justice league 2 what is superman because superman exists in a different universe there's superman and there's superman in the dc extended universe right they are two different conversations mm-hmm. there's a world that is you know superman and superman's arch nemesis is lex luthor and there's these different you know um uh, villains, and then this Superman is in that same universe as Justice League and Green Lantern, which really fleshes it out and really gives it a lot larger uh, playing field with intergalactic stuff. I want to see a Superman movie that has a lot less time focused on Earth. I'd like to see him more on other planets, and yeah. and that is available to you in a shared universe. I, I also, if you're going to be on the universe, then play with the shared universe. Do your Winter Soldier. Have that movie where he's working for Amanda Waller. Have that movie where he's where he's you know kind of you know doing what he thinks he should do, and then has to sort of make those judgments. There's there's a lot of interesting places you can take that character in the shared universe again, more so than you can where he just happens to be this one person who's this chosen one on this planet. So use that shared universe to have it inform what you do next and figure out what you do next. If he's a real MVP, here's what you don't do: you don't do Red Sun next. <laughs> well, that's an Elseworld movie. Although based but, on the yes. trajectory, based on the trajectory that they were going, they were about to do that stuff. And thank no. God, no. I mean, that's exactly it. They were getting so dark. It's almost like, see, I love Red Sun. It's brilliant. That's it's exactly great. It. That's such a wonderful take on the character. But no, they need to do their Winter Soldier. That, that's what they need to do with him. He needs to. I feel they need to have their Winter Soldier movie with him. Have him working for Amanda Waller. Have him being a hero. Have him doing big operations. Have him questioning what he's doing. Have something inside the system that's bad. Maybe they're working with Luther. I don't know. I want that kind of a movie for Superman, where he has the ability to take everybody out, but he's going against the very people that because he is such a powerful character. He is a deity. He is a god. So you have to play on that. Yeah, but don't you Red Sun? No, no Red Sun. Um, no, well, Red again. Red Sun's brilliant, but you don't do Red Sun. You don't do Red Sun after. And you and and no, it, no. They need to do the movie where he's back on Earth. He needs to be in a very heroic movie. But again, yes. you can be in a very heroic movie, but you got to figure out what the stakes are because Superman in a world that has ex- the first movie you saw him in, there, there, there's six people trying to destroy the universe. The second movie you saw him in, he's he's dying because he's saving the universe potentially again from this creature and it's kind of actually the stakes are actually a little bit less and that's maybe why the movie was sort of an underperformer the next movie is another underperformer uh, where they're saving the universe again or something i have no idea what happened in that movie to be well, honest they need, they need, um, i think that that's if you go brainiac where brainiac is the guy and manipulated by luthor and then you could like no, obviously, I don't want them to do that that manipulation like they did with, B, you know, how Luther manipulated everyone in BDS. But you have this overpowerful, like, Superman doesn't need to always punch something, you know, like a doomsday character. But I mean, having I someone say, like Brainiac, right. you know, and having that, you know, someone who, I mean, you, you can integrate that. You can, you can plant those seeds in Wonder Woman 2 where... Wonder Woman 2, like, isn't that supposed to be, like, Cold War? And then the Russians, they get this, you know, alien tech, for, and it's, like, the seeds of Brainiac or something. I don't right, know. Right. Like, it's I, love, I love Brainiac. I think the next one, and, you know, just spitballing, maybe something like 
like Bizarro or Metallo, something that Luther creates to go against him because we haven't act- we've seen just a little bit of that with Doomsday, mm-hmm. but we haven't had a villain that can come back. So maybe a villain that can like be creative but also last perhaps would be interesting. Uh, that that sort of a villain that can be more than just a one-off that he takes out. And that'd be interesting to see how that plays up. And there's so many places they could go. Metallo played by Ryan Gosling. After I watched Blade Runner 2049, I was like, wow, Ryan sure. Gosling. Yeah. Be amazing. It's, 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 unlike, unlike, unlike Doomsday, you don't you don't kill him all. You know, you have a character, you have a you know, he has a hatred of Superman, he gets a kryptonite heart. Like just things that would be interesting to in the shared universe, you could take the time to create a villain that has a lot of uh, dynamics to them. That could be a villain that could be a returning villain and also play a part in other movies like Justice League 2 or 3 or 4 or 5,000, for example. Yeah, so I think that's – Kyle, do you have any questions before we get off of here? I'm good. Okay, so episode 108. Dan, where can we find you on social media? Find me at my Twitter, dalter 7 I'm always talking about Marvel, DC, and Star Wars. It's all I talk about or I mention where I'm eating or I take my anger out. It's pretty much one of those things. <laughs> and you can find us on our social media pages at Batman Shannon and uh, Kyle, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter at Looting Kyle. Also, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two current patrons. Uh, currently, we have Cedric and Allie. Thank you so much for your contribution. And that's going to be it for episode 108.